Board round, session number 43. The moment you step foot on campus as a medical student, you are gearing up for one of the biggest tests you'll ever have to take, USMLE Step 1 or Comlex Level 1. The medical school headquarters and board vitals are going to help you prepare for your first board exam with questions, pearls of information, and guidance to make sure you have what it takes to score high and match into your specialty of choice. Welcome to Board Rounds. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen today to a great episode where we dive into some more great questions to help you maximize your step one or level one score. Now I'm joined by Dr. Mike Natter from Board Vitals. If you are looking for some help with your step one or level one, go check out Board Vitals at boardvitals.com and use the promo code BOARDROUNDS, that's all one word, BOARDROUNDS, to save 15% off any of the packages that you buy there at Board Vitals. Now, if you're looking for QBanks, they have you covered with like 1,700 and 1,900 questions, tons of questions to get you the the prep that you need, right? If you ask anyone, the best way to prepare for step one, for level one, is to maximize the number of questions that you do. And obviously not just doing the questions, but reading the explanations. And Board Vitals does an amazing job of giving you really fully in-depth answers and, and explanations as to why the right answer is right, why the wrong answers are wrong. That is what makes a great product. That is what makes a great prep product for you to maximize your step one for your level one score. So again, go to boardvitals.com, use the promo code board rounds to save 15% off. Let's go and jump into our episode today. Dr. Mike Natter back for some more board rounds. Hopefully you have cured the world of every disease that you have seen since we've last discussed. I, I hope that is true. Still working on coronavirus, but we're getting there. Ah, oh, Corona, that's nothing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so funny. You know what is interesting with this? As we're recording this, uh, the coronavirus is still up and running and and all about. And and they keep talking about SARS, but nobody ever says, "Hey, did you know that SARS was a coronavirus too?" And they just use SARS. I'm like, oh, it's so scary. Yeah, it gives it more teeth for some reason, but we've known about coronaviruses forever. This is a novel coronavirus, yeah. but basically it's the same kind of uh, mother virus that causes the common cold and different flu-like illnesses. So yeah. not that crazy, but um, the media likes to stir things up, don't they? <laughs> I like it. 24-hour news. Got to fill the airwaves with something. <laughs> Trump isn't that exciting, unfortunately, to, to fill it all up. <laughs> awesome. All right. What do we have in store today? All right. So now we're going to, unlike the last couple of weeks, we're going to get a little bit more clinical. Um, and this is a, this is a question that I think is going to be a little bit more relevant for when you're on the wars as well. Um, and we're going to dive right in. We have a 46 year old woman is admitted to the ICU, the intensive care unit after undergoing an emergency abdominal surgery for repair of a splenic laceration that she sustained in a motor vehicle accident. Her hospital course has been complicated by post-hemorrhagic anemia, which required a transfusion of seven units of packed red cells and hypotension requiring norepinephrine. Four days after admission, the patient complains of right upper quadrant pain and distension. She is currently afebrile with a pulse of 90 beats per minute and a blood pressure of 105 over 70. 
Physical exam indicates right upper quadrant distension and tenderness to palpation. There is no hepatomegaly. Bedside ultrasound is performed and shows a gallbladder with distension, but without gallstones. Which of the following process most likely result, resulted in her current condition? A, gallstone impaction in the cystic duct. B, hepatic vein thrombosis. C, biliary dyskinesia. D, cholecystocolic fistula formation. Or E, gallbladder stasis. Ooh. Um, all right. So no gallstones is the, the first thing that, that stands out to me on ultrasound. Uh, and so the answer choice A saying, hey, there's a gallstone impaction in the cystic duct, right? The odds that there was one gallstone that came out and, uh, and, and is causing this is probably less, um, less likely that there was just one stone. So I'm going to cross out A and, and mm -hmm. just kind of side note, whenever I think of gallstones, I think of the, um, uh, the awkward Yeti uh, you as a, an artist, I hope you enjoy awkward Yeti, uh, Love but the, the, awkward Yeti. The, the little baby, uh, gallbladder who's like, here, I made these for you. <laughs> I made these stones. <laughs> You're supposed to hold it and don't make anything. Yeah. It's <laughs> so funny. I love that guy. Um, so, so I'm going to cross out A right off the bat. Um, B, hepatic vein thrombosis to me isn't going to be so specific to cause gallbladder distension and this right upper quadrant pain. Um, I mean, hepatic vein thrombosis, I, I see lots of other issues because it's such a, a huge um, uh, vessel in the body. So... I'm probably going to cross that one out as well. Um, biliary dyskinesia. So just trying to figure out my words here. Biliary, a, a gallbladder. Uh, I'm guessing uh, dyskinesia. That sounds like like abnormal movements of, uh, mm -hmm. if I try to remember. So, so it's just something not really working well with the gallbladder. Um, so that's potential. I don't know if that would cause distension. Um so I'll leave that one there just to see. And then cholecystocolic fistula formation. Um, so if you had a fistula, I'm trying to figure out the... So what, what is a fistula? So a fistula is an abnormal connection, right? Mm -hmm. So what's this connection? So gallbladder and colon, is that the... Yep. Uh, I'm assuming the, the connection there. So to me... Uh, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't really fit with potentially the rest of her, her like presentation. Like where would this fistula just randomly come from unless mm -hmm. it was missed or, and she had it, um, during the, uh, during the motor vehicle accident. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, that one seems less likely. So, and, and then E gallbladder stasis. I'm like, okay, gallbladder, definitely. Obviously there's something going on with the gallbladder. Um, and so what would be more likely here, biliary dyskinesia or gallbladder stasis? Um, and, and stasis to me, stasis is like nothing's moving. And so if nothing's really moving, then as the, the liver is creating more bile, it's going to the gallbladder, it's distending because nothing's moving. 
And so that seems more right than just an abnormal movement with this dyskinesia. So I would go with E as kind of the most correct. Excellent work. Yeah. <sighs> so E is correct. Um, and what this is actually, this is uh, more commonly known as something called acute A calculus cholecystitis. So let's break mm. that down. So acute means it happened relatively recently. So this is not a chronic problem, yeah. but a calculus, anytime something starts with a, we know it's the absence of yep. a calculus is also a stone. It's fancy for stone. So lack of stone and then cholecystitis, anything that ends in itis, we know inflammation of and cholecystitis is inflammation of the gallbladder sac itself. Now, if we said there was cholelithiasis, lithiasis also stones. So this is the absence of cholelithiasis. Yeah. So what we have here is um, a very acutely ill woman who underwent a surgery, lost what sounds like almost maybe more than half of her blood volume is in the ICU. And so we can say this is a very, very sick individual. And very commonly, folks who are very sick in the ICU, who especially have undergone um, surgery, who have lost a lot of blood, these folks are very prone to getting this thing called acalculus cholecystitis. And what's uh, very kind of telling is that, like you said, on ultrasound, there's no stone. So if there's no stone, you've already correctly ruled out all the things that are talking about stones. There's a couple other things that you were mentioning, which was actually very interesting. And um, one of them I wanted to get into because this could help um, some students with other questions, which is when we talk about hepatic vein thrombosis, there is a fancy name for that. Um, it's called the Bud Chiari syndrome. Mm. And you'll see that typically with folks that are hyper or pro-coagulable. Um, and they'll have, you know, issues with their liver and they can get as bad as liver failure, but you typically don't see gallbladder distension or really gallbladder issues when you have, um, a clot in that area. And so, um, while this is a very interesting and highly tested topic with the Spud Chiari syndrome, this has nothing to do, uh, with someone who has acute, um, a, a calculus cholecystitis, which is someone who will see in the ICU like this. Okay. This Chiari guy uh, seems to, or or gal, seems to have gone all over the body. I'm assuming it's the same Chiari. Chiari formation in the brain. Yeah, the Arnold Chiari in the brain. I think so. I think so, yeah. yeah. It, it, I feel like it tends to be like the same four guys that just kind of like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, plop their name on everything. Yep. Okay. Any of the other incorrect answers have any good takeaways? Uh, yeah, so we can go into biliary dyskinesia. So you were talking about dys being, uh, I always like to break down the word to help me understand and yeah. remember. So dys, D-Y-S, I always think of like dysfunction or something wrong. Yep. Um, and then kinesia is, is movement. So it would be like an abnormal movement. And as you recall in your GI tract, we have something called peristalsis. That's also the case. There's a peristaltic uh, type of movement that happens in the gallbladder typically after you eat. And one of the kind of uh, hormones that, that helps that, um, that secretion of bile from the gallbladder or something called CCK or cholecystokinin. Mm -hmm. And typically folks that have this bradyskinesia are going to have these kind of colicky bouts of pain in the right upper quadrant that is related to meals. So after a meal, they're going to have some issues. Yeah. Um, so this doesn't really kind of line up with what the, the um, STEM was telling us. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, so good one. And then obviously the gallstone one you'd mentioned. Um, and then the fistula formation, what, what was that one there for? Yeah, so fistula formation, um, typically you'll see, so as you correctly stated, a fistula is an abnormal communication between kind of two lumens in the body. Um, and so 
the um, the kind of the biliary tree is supposed to be kind of squirting their contents into the duodenum and really should not be having any communication with any other part of the bowels. Mm. So um, it does happen on occasion if you have a stone in the, the cystic duct or one of the ducts of the biliary tree, it can kind of erode into uh, and create a false passage or a uh, fistula into part of the bowels, um, whether it be small or large bowel. And so um, that's, I think, what they're trying to get at. And once again, since there was no evidence of um, stone, very unlikely that this would be the case. Mm. Also, okay. given the clinical vignette, you know, this is a woman, um, they, they were trying to, I think, uh, steer you a little bit into the idea that she might have had a gallstone being, you know, maybe a uh, female in 40, but um, really no radiologic evidence of stones. You you have to say that they, they would have to tell you in the stem that there definitely is a stone. Otherwise, they can't say anything else. Yeah. Go over those. Uh, I, as you mentioned it, I'm like, oh, I remember those like four Fs or whatever they are yes. for gallstones. Yes, yes. Um, and again, I, you know, I medicine likes to use generalizations <laughs> and it helps us pick up patterns. But, you know, keep in mind that it's never always uh, the case that this is uh, clinically, but on tests, it's always nice to see um, kind of the demographic. And so the four Fs, uh, as I recall them, are fat, 40, female, and fertile. Yep. And so usually um, women who are a little overweight in their 40s, um, you know, um, they're, you know, still childbearing age. Um, they will present with this right upper quadrant pain. And one of the first things on your differential should really be something wrong with the gallbladder, specifically cholecystitis. All right, so there you have it. Another great episode. Hopefully a great episode. I hope you, I hope you agree with me. Uh, another great episode of Board Rounds for you, breaking down some more of these topics that are going to be covered on your step one or level one exam. Again, these questions are not straightforward. They are second and third removed type questions, third step questions, where you have to know a lot of information to answer one question properly. And the more that you practice, the more that you listen to this podcast, hopefully, the more of this information will get kind of just stuck in your brain somewhere. That's the ultimate goal. Don't forget to go check out Board Vitals and check out everything that they have to offer. Use the promo code boardrounds.com. Again, QBanks are one of the best ways to prepare for your step one or level one exam. Doing questions will help you, will help you maximize your score. And with 1,700 plus questions for their osteopathic QBank, with 1,900 plus questions for their allopathic QBank, go check out boardvitals.com. They're revamping it all the time, adding questions, improving questions, improving the answers and and so much more again boardvitals.com use the promo code boardrounds to save 15% off hope you have a great week we'll see you next time here on board rounds this is med ed media